Oh, the world's all messed up. But they don't have to be your world. <laughs> the church is left off worshiping God. Come on, somebody say amen or ouch or something. <laughs> the church has left off worshiping God. It has turned its back on the Lord. We get caught up in so many things, praise God. Me being a businessman and, and business and, and things going on, I, I seem to forget there is Jesus. I get caught up in my, my everyday life. I said, where? And little is worshiping God. I said, God, I got to turn that around. I can't let that happen. Come on, somebody. I can't let the devil steal my worship. Can't let him take what he's put in my heart. God has put in my heart. I want my seed to be in good soil. Where it's going to bring up fruit. We're living in a time where it doesn't seem like much people want to worship God anymore. I hope not in you, praise God. I hope you're the biggest worshipers they got on the planet. But for me, as a believer, the key thing for me as a believer, the key thing for me as a believer to get close to God is worship. If that is void in my life, I can memorize this book back and forth. But if it doesn't generate worship, my Lord, I feel like preaching this morning, brother, sister. If it doesn't generate a desire for God, a passion for God, then I'm, I'm just religious. I'm just, I'm playing a part. I'm not, I'm not real. Oh, brother Lenny. I want to be real. I want a passion for God. I want to worship for God. Is your life with God a religion or a relationship? Come on, somebody. If I don't never talk to my wife, my marriage don't mean very much, right? If, I, if we go through, I'm not getting mad, 40 years? <laughs> Listen, when I became a Christian, I was just a leverette boy. You know why you put me out with some other leverettes? That's just a cat. <laughs> With people that, 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 that just crazy enough to believe. <laughs> just crazy enough to say that Bible is true. See, if I had went with the intellect, they'd have explained it away by now. <laughs> if I had went with the hoi polloi, that didn't figure out the scriptures, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't say, well, that don't happen no more. I mean, I mean, it's good words, but, you know, all that healing and all that Holy Ghost stuff. That, it's not. It's real. God has been manifesting. Listen, I'm talking about myself, okay? I have never felt more closer to Jesus than I feel right now. Because of the worship, the desire for God. And it, I'm going to tell you what. When I don't feel it, I feel bad. When I don't feel it, something's wrong inside. If there's no passion and desire for God no more, what's wrong with me? I'll go to church. I listen to the preacher. But that, what does it do inside of me? Somebody feel like hearing this this morning? <laughs> what does it do inside of me? How does, it, how, does it, how does it stir up the gifts in me? How does it stir up the spirit in me? Me and Bog was talking this morning. We were talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Listen, there's a word <laughs> for phylacteries. And what that is, <laughs> the little Pharisees... They would enlarge their board and enlarge their phylacteries. I think I'm saying it right. It was a little box. And it was always putting scriptures in it. And it didn't have no more room, so they had to make it bigger. And they'd put a bigger box. 
on their own. And they, they were showing everybody, I know the word. I, I, I carried it with me in my, on, my, in, on my head and my arm. But they were lost. They had no desire for God. Their religion had become their, their, their relationship. They had put on these borders and they enlarged these borders. And they walked around and they prayed in front of men and, and they prayed in front of, look, these must be some godly men. I mean, they're praying out loud. You, know, you, hear them, you hear them shouting on the corner, God help us, man. Where have we become? Until we learn to pray in the closet, don't come out of it. Uh-oh. <laughs> come on, somebody. Till we learn to worship in secret, don't come out and try to worship among men. This got to happen in your bedroom. This got to happen in your bathroom. This got to happen in your closet. Something got to stir in your heart when you're in secret. Whatever you do in secret, God will reward you openly. Yeah. Don't do like the Pharisees. They walked around in their religious clothing. They had their religious attire on. They had, they had everything. Nicodemus, one of the finest men I think in the Bible, was lost. He came to Jesus by night. You remember that story? I don't want to get into the whole thing. And Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He said, how can a man be born when he's old? So can he go a second time in his mother's womb and be born? And Nicodemus could quote the first five books of the Bible by heart. He knew it. Jesus said, are you a teacher in Israel and you don't know this? That which is born of water and flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. I'm going to ask you a question, please. I'm talking to me, okay? How much of my relationship with God is flesh? <laughs> Come on. How much of it is, is, is to prove to men that you're holy? Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to keep you long, I promise. <laughs> I get excited, Yvette. <laughs> it's some stirs up. I'm going to tell somebody about what I know. <laughs> Somebody says, I'm going to teach them everything I know. It takes about a minute and three seconds. <laughs> no, take a little longer than that. <laughs> Amen. Let me get myself set over here. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Amen. Turn with to James chapter 1, verse 27. James, yes. What is pure religion? Okay. Now, I'm talking about religion from God. All right. You know, Jesus had to deal with the Pharisees. They were adding on to their... Their, their philosophies and they were adding on to their laws and there's some things that they were telling were not even in the law like washing the pots and the, you know cups and and all that stuff things they were teaching that were not were not were not even there and you know God had got angry Jesus was angry with these people you see when you have light that light has to shine and there's only one way to light, in spirit and in truth. Those two things have to happen. You can't have the spirit without the truth. Come on. And you can't have the truth without the spirit. The spirit will never testify against the word. Never. Never will you hear the spirit say anything against the word of God. Never. If it does, it's the devil. You understand that? Now when religious people start saying things that are not in the word, you got to discern I never read that in the Bible. I never, I, I never saw it. My spirit is not in agreement with it. That's the spirit of God in you telling you there's something wrong, right? That's why we don't 
worship with the Catholic Church because it's idolatry. And I'm not knocking the Catholic people. We pray for them. But they don't know God in the form of doctrine that's being taught. And some other, and I'm not just speaking, there are some Protestant churches that don't know God. They're teaching things that are not in this book. I call them filthy lucres, liars, false prophets, saying things that are not right. You can't worship without the truth. Come on, somebody. There's no spirit without truth. The Samaritan woman, me and Boogie was talking this morning, with the Samaritan woman came to the well. I mean, Jesus came to the well where the Samaritan woman was in, in John chapter 4, I think. And the whole principle of that incident was that she didn't know God. But Jesus went where nobody else went, but the religious people didn't want to go. A Samaritan. Come on, somebody. A half-breed. That all started back in the nation of Israel when Israel was taken over uh, uh, by the Syrians. And, and they, br they, brought in the, they brought in people and mixed them with the Jews. And I don't want to get into the long story. They had children, half-breeds. They were half-Samaritan, and, and well, half-Gentile and half-Jew. And the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. This woman was surprised that Jesus was even talking to her. But Jesus had a different spirit. <laughs> Jesus said, this water, you'll thirst again if you take it. But the water I'll give you, you'll never thirst. See, the religious people didn't want to go that way. They wouldn't dare be sitting down with a Samaritan. Come on, somebody. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, brothers. Just listen to me good if you hear anything. The Lord taught me a lesson a few years ago. And I said it, and I'm going to say it again for the sake of, you know, I had a religious spirit. I'm, I'm guilty, brother. I had to be freed of that thing. I was looking in the back of a church, and I could see a man. He's dirty, Jared. He's, 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 he's just like he just came out from a rock. I mean, sin was written all over his face. And the Lord looked at me and said, son, what do you expect him to look like? Come on. What do you expect him to smell like? He's coming out of the world. And he said, that's, that's what my grace is about. It's about saving that soul. I felt this small. I never looked at anybody different again. Because God's grace is that he wants to heal the hurting. Like he did for me. He wants to forgive the sins like he did for me. He wants to wash. And listen, I've been made free of a lot of things, y'all. Seriously, I, I don't want to get into all that stuff. But that was one of them, you know. Uh, uh. You can't never see a sinner. Listen, go tell them about Jesus, man. Don't care. So what if a little dust gets on you? So what if a, the smoky smell comes around you? Come on, somebody, so what if they smell like the alcohol? What do you expect them to smell like? Man, God cut my heart to pieces, man. God wanted to deliver that man, Sister Kathy. He wanted to save him. I went to him and I grabbed him and I, I hugged him. I didn't care what trash pile he came out of. Because God had taught me a lesson. His grace is the power that saves the sinner, right? And religion doesn't have place for grace. I'm going to say that. Religion, doesn't have, religion has laws. Come on. Religion has a, a plan. Uh, you know, if you dress like me and talk like me and act like me, then you're going to heaven. How deceitful. How, listen, we, we've gotten so far from the grace of God, it's pathetic. We need to understand that we're not 
trying to convert people to be like us. We convert him to be like Jesus, right? <clears throat> we had to love him and pray for him along the road, praise God. When they'd struggle and fighting. Listen, even after they're born again, they're going to have problems with alcohol. The demons are holding on. They don't want to let go. The power of the Holy Ghost will set him free. Listen, I have no desire for alcohol. Not one drop. I have no desire to run around on my wife. I have no, because the Holy Ghost had to break that chain. He had to set me free from the bondage of sin. Have we forgotten where we came from? <laughs> huh? James said it like this. In verse 27. I'm not even there yet. You see that? I can quote it, but I'd rather read it in case I misquote it, you know. He says this, pure religion, pure, verse 27, chapter 1 of James, pure and undefiled, unpolluted, undirty religion. Undefiled means made right, clean, pure religion. All right? It's to do what? Before God and the Father is this, to visit they visit the fathers or the orphans and the widows in their trouble. And to do what? Keep yourself unspotted from the world. My Lord. Now, religion is this for a lot of people. Well, I do this and I have this and I say this and I pray this and I, I go here and I visit this and I do all that. Listen, God is not interested in man-made religion. God wants pure religion. There are people that are hurting today in this state that need your, God's grace. When that hurricane had passed a couple of weeks ago, none, none of my house blew apart. Did your house blow apart? Did your house blow apart? Did you, did you, did some, some, you had lights? <laughs> Everything was still intact. And the Lord spoke to me and said, son, that was my grace. Now I want you to go show that grace to somebody else. That's what I mean, Brother Allen and Lloyd and Jean and Boog took their water and everything. We've loaded it up, man. Nobody, nobody sounded the trumpet. Because you had the grace of God. And God wanted us to share that grace with somebody else. Come on, somebody. That's what pure religion is. To visit the fatherless and their fictions or the orphans. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. These are things that God wants us to do as Christians. Chapter 2, verse 14 of St. James, right there. Is your faith with God a religion or is it a relationship? Listen, there is, listen, religion is not a bad word. Religion is just a form of belief that people hold to, okay? When I talk about religion, I'm talking about man-made religion. See, sometimes people start on the right foot. They'll have the word of God and they'll add to it. That's where they go astray. Some people will justify sin because they're saved by grace. Some will justify, you know, uh, saying they're not, they never sin and abuse grace. What does that mean? It's because we're going from one way to the other. One listen, I'm gonna tell you, let me tell you what the Bible says. A false balance is an abomination in the sight of God. Listen, you ever see them little tipping scales? Them scales, they weigh the gold and silver on. If one, they would tip it one way, they could consider it an abomination, right? Because they were trying to get more out of it than it 
they were supposed to get. But when you tip the scale one way or the other, you're out of balance. Listen, I'm a strong preacher against sin. I believe sin will take you to hell. Come on, somebody. I believe defying God's word or you'll spend eternity without God. And the grace doesn't give you a license to sin. Come on, somebody. I heard somebody say the biggest, the biggest lie that Satan has put, gotten most people in hell is one saved, all saved. Listen, you can live like, listen, if you, listen, if you got born again, you're going to change. Come on, somebody. There won't be no desire to sin. There won't be, that's, that's the grace of God. But if you never change, you just said a prayer, and you're still living the same way, you ain't safe. If your thoughts and your passions for this world hasn't changed, if your desire for God hasn't changed, there's something wrong inside. Come on, somebody. I didn't write that. The Holy Ghost wrote that. Bible says your sins have separated you from your God. Does God change? No, God, God changes not, the Bible says. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. I see so many, and I have some people I know right now, praise God. I don't want to bring up names. Some relate to me. Raised up, believing that it was okay, now you're saved. Sin don't matter. God help us. God help us. That's spitting in the face of Christ and the cross. That's what it's doing. You're born again, you're going to live for God, right? You're born again, your heart's going to live for God. Listen, I don't do everything perfect. I'll be lying to you to my teeth. But there's a fear of God, the fear, the, the fear of, of judgment. There's a fear. Now, I don't think we should live in that kind of fear all the time. But it's knowing that there was a righteous pay, price paid for our sins. To, to, to defy that. To defy the grace and, and the mercies of God and the sacrifices of God. Religion does it all the time. They make excuses all the time. God is just as powerful as he was at the beginning. He's just as powerful as the day in the book of Acts. He's just as powerful. He's never changed. I don't care what men say. God is still the same. Right? Amen. But it says here. What I said. Verse uh, 14. Paul, I mean, James is dealing with faith without works. Okay? Now, people are going to confuse James and Paul's argument about you're saved by grace, not of works. Listen, if you're born again, you're going to produce works. Come on. If you're born again, you're going to love your brothers and your sisters. You're going to, you're going to hold the burdens for the word, word of God. You're going to desire the things of God. That's just, that's just that's evident. You're going, to hurt, you're going to feel for the hurting. You're going to have compassion for one another. You're going to love one another, strengthen, and pray for one another. Those things produce through faith in Jesus. But I don't care how many times you tell me believe it. There's no fruit. You, you're not a Christian. <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Listen, I, I got to deal with that in my own life, brothers and sisters. If I don't produce fruit, I'm not a Christian. Because that, that, that fruit, that, that plant that's in me, that seed that's in me is holy. It's righteous. And it's going to produce righteous fruit, right? Somebody said, well, I gave my life to the Lord. And, you know, I don't, and, and I don't ever have a problem with sin. Well, you lie and you need to get born. <laughs> the first thing in my life 
giving my life to Christ, was refining. You know what I'm saying? The first thing I noticed, Lenny, that ain't right. Lenny, that ain't right. Lenny, that ain't right. You know what I'm saying? That, that fire started burning. That refining started burning. Started purifying the gold. Started taking out the trash out of my life. And you know what? I'm going to shock you. It's still taking it out. <laughs> Genesis, yep. <laughs> Listen. Somebody called and said, Brother I'm praying for you, man. Pray for me. I ain't got no pride. Listen, I ain't got time for pride. Pray for me. You think I need Jesus? Pray for me even there. <laughs> don't matter. I don't care. <laughs> but I ain't got time to play games with my soul, man. <laughs> I got to make sure Lenny is right. I got to refine some stuff in my life. Okay. What does it profit, my brother, if someone says he has faith? but does not have works. Now you think about that question. It's not that James believed that works can save you because he said, Abraham, you go ahead and believe. Abraham believed God and it was accounted on him for him for righteousness. So he identified right down the top that wasn't the works that saved. Salvation will bring a testimony. Come on. So, so, listen, born again, saving, serving Jesus in your life, everyday walk, going to produce the right fruit, the right work. If there's no fruit, there's no Jesus. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on. If there's no fruit, there's no Jesus. I can see fruit in everybody in this church right here. I can see fruit because I can see the testimony of Jesus. All right? I can see it. I don't have to go to it and say, shake some fruit out of your tree. I know it's there, praise God. Because I see the passion for God. I see the direction your heart is going. I can notice that. And I hope you do the same thing for me. If you see some rotten fruit, pluck it out, man. T tell me. But it ain't right the way you, what you said. Pluck it out. Take it out. If it ain't scripted, pluck it out. I've been rebuked so many times. <laughs> man, I don't know if I'm immune to it anymore. But God had to do that. Praise God. He had to take it out of my life. He had to show me. That's rotten, that fruit. He says, if a brother or sister is naked or destitute of daily food, I'm reading the New King James, okay? And one of you say to them, depart in peace, be warm, be free. How many of you have done that? You saw a brother and sister uh, hurting and said, oh, God's going to bless you, brother. Be filled. Take, God's going to take care of you. And you don't do that to help them. Don't, don't reach out to them. And no, doggone where you can. Huh? I was watching this morning. I was coming in Henderson. I was going, getting me Janice something to eat. There was a, a black lady. She, that lady was confused. Bro. I regret it in stop. She was walking on the road. She didn't like she had a direction, just a cat. I said, she didn't know where she was going. And that's a life messed up. Come on, seriously. You, you don't have to be judgmental about looking at her and say something's wrong. Her life has been given into wickedness. She's confused. She's walking the street. She looks, she's looking for somebody to pick her up. Come on, somebody. I told Janice, I should have went, Lenny, if you, you can't pick her. <laughs> but, and, you know, the thing is, but anyway, she's hurting. She's hurting. She's hurting. 
The, the, the lady's lost. I'm not trying to be funny, but you can see. But some crossed my mind and said, James, we should have maybe picked her up. You know, the Bible says you might be entertaining angels unaware. Hmm. With all the things going on today, you got to use common sense, really. You don't know what's right, who's right or who's wrong. You might put a bullet in your back or something. You don't know. But destitute, and it said, be warned, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? What does it profit? You can tell me things that I'm blue in the face. But if you don't reach out to my, my need, or I don't reach out to yours, what good is it? Huh? It says, thus also fate itself, if it does not have works, is dead. <laughs> we discuss a lot of things, man. I mean, especially in book. We talk about them, and we're talking about the Pharisees. You know, they, 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 they really thought they were something. They really thought they had God figured out. They really thought they had figured God's way. And they sought Moses. They sat in Moses' seat. You remember that story Jesus talked about? They go about looking to be the judge. But refuse to judge themselves. Oh, <laughs> come on, somebody. They refuse to judge themselves. They wanted to be the judge. They wanted to be Moses sitting in Moses' seat. And they wanted to tell you and me and everybody in that time, well, then, in that time, you were wrong. This is not right. You do it this way. And some of the things they were saying was true. But Jesus said, they say and they do not. Don't observe what they're saying. Following the law, following the Ten Commandments was right. But don't follow what they do because they don't, they don't do what they say. He said, if you have a speck in your own eye, how could you clearly take, to take it out your brother's eye? Remember that story? That was, that's religion, man. That's, fair, that's self-righteousness. You're busy seeing everybody else's sins, but you don't see your own. That's a, that's a, that's a warning point of being self-righteous. All right? That's a, that, that's a, check, that, that's a, a checkpoint in your heart that there's something is right with, wrong with you. Because often you can only see everybody else's sins and not see your own. Something's wrong. But I go to church. So what? I talk in tongues. So what? I sing all the songs at church. I, I give tithes. So what? That's all good stuff. Jesus said that do. But don't leave the earth undone. And I think he's referring to us. Y'all, I think he's referring to me and you. Listen, you can go. You, listen, I love people coming to church. There's people here. They're sick today. Not, they can't be here. I love to see them when they come to church. But what about me? What about you? How, how do you see life? How do you see God? How do you see other people? How do you see the sinner? Okay, I want you to turn with me, and I'm going to go, this is going to be my loop. I have it marked. God is a good God, amen? Chapter 10. Listen, I don't want to leave you leave here confused, Okay. If you're giving your life to Jesus today, you're going to heaven. All right? 
If you repented of your sins. See, the Bible's clear. No man can pluck you out of his hand. Now, that doesn't mean God can't pluck you out. Now, that doesn't mean if you go in unbelief and not believe the word, you can be plucked out. But a human being, the devil, the demons, anybody that comes against your faith, if you stand firm, no man, no demon in hell could take you out of God's hands. All right? So you're going to heaven. You're saved. And you know what? To know more is more dangerous than to know less. Because Jesus told Paul, it's better you don't know than after you have known to turn away from it. It's like a dog going back to his own vomit. I had my uncle in my house, Uncle Wilbur. He, he's, he's once saved, always saved. And I believe he's going to heaven. I have no doubt that he, you, 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 all his life he's been trying to tell people about Jesus. Things that happened in his life that if he wasn't Christian, he wouldn't have never made it. But he has no discernment of sin. He knows sin is wrong, but he doesn't, he doesn't have enough discernment to see. If I, if I do these things, I'm separated from God. Right? You don't live, can't live like the devil and get to heaven. Can't go to heaven looking like, living like hell, right? Uh, and, and it's bad. You, majority of the church, a lot of churches in that same position. I hope none of you, okay? I'm just saying, as a, as a pastor of this church, as a minister of this church, I want to give you some truth, okay? The only one that can stop you from getting to heaven is you. <laughs> Come on. And, and, and listen, when personal thing, personal conviction comes into your life, you're going to obey a personal God, right? He's a personal God. And Jesus told the Pharisees, the harlots <laughs> and the tax collectors will get in before you. Because they believed the preaching of John. They repented. Oh, that, that gets religious people mad. You're going to tell me that dog and remember that filthy dog will get in, all, all living his life all in sin. And I've been going to church for years now. And you're going to tell me he's going to get in before me? Yes. <laughs> Come on. Because they believed the preaching of John. You remember that? Religion hates the message of the cross. It hates the redemption power of Jesus. It hates Jesus only. I tell people that day, you think you're, going, you're the only one getting to heaven? You think what you believe? Yes, I'm, I am the only. If, if I believe in Jesus, that's the only way. What about the Buddhists? What about the, what about, um, the, the Muslims? What about, they're not going to heaven. They're lost. Sorry to say some people that go to churches are lost. I'm going to heaven because of Jesus, right? Because of what he done. You preach that, you ain't going to have any, you ain't have much friends. Oh, I'm finding, listen, I went, when I was, I was running that little shop off of Johnson Street, he was a little Muslim. Oh, he was quiet and gentle, meek. And I looked in his face, I said, you ain't getting to heaven without Jesus. Boy, he blew up on me, bro. I'm not, I thought he was going to come and blow my building back up. <laughs> he was mad, bro. Listen, he was hot. You, <laughs> I'm telling you, I never saw a calm, gentle little fella rage up so fast. Oh, it was. It's that religious de demon of Islam. That's what it was. I said, you ain't getting to heaven without Jesus. That's all I told him. Oh, brother. 
I really thought some, they were going to get his little friends and he was going to throw a bomb in that building. I really thought that was going to happen. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. I thought they were coming back. They would have put me under, baby. Thank God they did. <laughs> Maybe he got saved before he got back where he needed to go. <laughs> amen. Okay. I'm not much longer, okay? Somebody say amen. <laughs> God is a good God, amen? I remember I was dumping some dirt. And man, I was preaching, man, to one guy, man. Let's see, he was, and you know what? Two of them, really. And one guy, he was mad. Man, every time I mentioned Jesus, what Jesus done for me, what Jesus did in my life, he got angrier and angrier and angrier. I said, Lord, I'm coming home. That man liked to blow up. You think you got the only way? Well, yeah. You think Jesus is the only way? Well, yeah. You think Jesus, Jesus can test all of you? Yeah. <laughs> And me in a rage, bro. Listen, Jared, his head was about to blow off his shoulders. But the Lord said, you keep preaching. That little guy wasn't saying nothing. And the more I preached, man, he'd get more angry. But that little fellow was listening. I know he was. The Holy Ghost was dealing with that little guy. Hey, it hurts sometimes to become a... <laughs> okay, let me get to my passage here. We're going to read the story of the Good Samaritan, Okay. And, you know, I was, I was praying. I said, Lord, I said, you want to talk about religion and relationship this morning. But give me an example. And he gave me this one. All right? Now, remember, all of you that read that story, let me, let me start in verse uh, 25. This is a man, that, a Samaritan that got, a man, that, well, he probably was a Jew. He got beat up. Along the road between Jerusalem and Jericho. And they robbed him and they beat him up. And they took his money and they threw him on the side to die. And this man is suffering. And there comes, and behold, a certain lawyer. Now, a lawyer is somebody that argues a case, right? Even if they know their clients are wrong. Come on. They'll try to defend them. A lawyer is somebody. We call Jesus our lawyer. Because he's the mediator between God and man. He goes to the Father for us. But this is a, evidently a Jewish lawyer. And he was, he was learned in the law. He was learning the ways of the law. And you know what? One thing he didn't learn was the word compassion. Oh, he probably read it, you know what I'm saying? But he, listen, I'm going to tell you something that happened to me a few years back, maybe eight, nine years ago. I had lost my compassion. Oh, man. I just didn't have the desire, my compassion. I, I was going through that time with my, remember with the accident and, 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 the, and I was angry. I was you know, with, with my dump truck, and all, I was working hard, and, and it all fell apart in one day. And I was, I remember, I remember I was, I was in that ambulance, and I didn't feel God. Man. It was like, where are you, Lord? Where are you? I said, something was wrong with me, y'all. 
I could have, I could have thanked God I, I wasn't dead. I didn't even do that. I don't know what it was. It was just in my, I, I didn't, I had no, I didn't feel nothing. How many of you gotten like that sometimes? Been through the dry places, the desert, where you didn't feel love anymore, and you didn't feel compassion anymore, and you didn't feel, you know, all that stuff anymore. That's miserable, man. I thank God I have it back. <laughs> Listen, I just love people. That's just the way I am. Praise God. And I don't ever want to lose the love for people. Compassion for people. Okay? This lawyer, he comes by this man. He's thrown on the side of the road, all beat up. You know, telling half dead. What did he do? Certain lawyers stood up and tested him saying, Oh, this, this is not, yeah. Teacher, this is, well, the, the lawyer asked Jesus this question. I'm sorry, I should have waited. But there was a lawyer. And teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, that was the question. Remember, the rich young ruler came and asked the same question. He said, what shall I do? He says, what is written in the law? Maybe he's a lawyer. He knows the law. He says in verse 27, uh, Jesus asked him, what is written? Verse 26, I'm sorry. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your, what is your reading of it? What, do you, what is your understanding of it? So he, he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your what? strength, with all your mind, with all, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. <laughs> if you'd have just left it there <laughs> and did what Jesus said. But he wanted to justify himself. He said, Who's, who is my neighbor? Verse 30, Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from, Jericho to Jeru uh, from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among the thieves which stripped him of his clothes and wounded him. And he departed, leaving him half dead. Now by, the certain, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Huh. Wait a minute. This was a preacher, a priest. This was somebody that was supposed to show compassion. He looked at him, he walked right on the other side. Hmm. Why didn't he stop? Oh, he might have had to have a church meeting he had to go to, and elders were getting, and all the deacons were meeting. We're going to have a, a, a fellowship together. And I couldn't stop. I had to go do the Lord's work, right? I, I, I had to meet somebody. I had to, I had to go uh, offer a sacrifice or something. Then he, he, he stopped, and my song just went on, man, like he was nothing. A, a religious person. A man well trained in the law. A, a man that knew what God's word said. Could quote the first five books of the Bible by heart and probably all of the prophets. No compassion. <laughs> Are y'all listening to me this morning? <laughs> You're going to meet somebody on the side of the road. You're going to meet somebody that needs a touch. Compassion. I ain't got time. <laughs> I, got a, I got a life to live, man. I got to stop with this dog on the side of the road. Okay. I'm almost finished, y'all. Seriously, I'm going to go more, more in this story. And where was I? 
Likewise, verse 23, a Levite. A Levite, verse 23. 32, I'm sorry. Verse 10, chapter 10, verse 23, 32 of Luke. Help me, Jesus. Likewise, a Levite. When he arrived at the place, came, looked, and passed on the other side. Oh, there's another religious one, right? Now, remember, a Levite and a priest. That was some big dogs in this religion, man, this Jewish religion. They were high top. There was the examples, right? They were supposed to be representations of Christ, right? I don't need a Jesus like they were portraying. Not even close. Because they were supposed to represent, uh, there was an ambassador. There was a, sh- a shadow, supposed to be a shadow of Jesus, right? Everything they wore, everything they had on, everything they did was a reflection of the coming Messiah. Which is right before him, they didn't even know. Right? Okay. Verse 34. So you, no, I'm sorry, verse uh, 33. But a Samaritan, a dog, garbage, low life. That one come and sit with one. Jesus did. That one go sit among the sinners. Jesus did. Publicans and sinners and harlots. Remember? When he got them angry and said, they go to heaven before you. You you don't want to repent. They repented. This Samaritan. I don't know about you, but I I fit the shoes of a Samaritan. I had no right to come to God. Salvation was for the Jews, remember? But God saw in his mercy this dirty, levy right Samaritan. Come on. This, this, this person that didn't deserve right hope and faith, didn't deserve salvation, didn't want to do what God said. But he humbled me one day and said, I'm going to save you, Lanny. You're going to be for me. You're going to do work for me. You're going to serve me. And I'm going to forgive all your sins. Put them as far as the east is from the west. The Samaritan came and he saw the man. He, and came where he was in verse, and when he saw him, he had compassion, compassion, compassion on him. So he went to him, bandaged, bandaged, bandaged his wounds, and poured in oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal. Brought him to the end and took care of him. My Lord, my Lord Jesus. What are we? Are we like the Samaritan? Come on. The Samaritans were not accepted by the Jews. They were rejected. They wouldn't even eat with them. Come on, somebody. This man. You know, when, 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 when this, this Levi and this priest, this might be a dead body. We're not supposed to touch it. It could have been, they, they said, we can't touch this dead body. They could have used every 
point of the law. But they didn't even they, they, they didn't they didn't show compassion. The man needed compassion. Come on, somebody. And he went to him and he wounded him and put him in an inn. And in the morning, he said he brought him in an inn and took care of him. And the next day, when he departed, he took out some money and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And whatever more he spends, you spend, he said, I'll come again and I'll repay it, pay it for him. So which of these do you think was neighborly? To him that fell among the thieves. <laughs> Which one did the right thing? And I could about imagine this lawyer, whoever he was, filled with such conviction, Jared. I don't know God. <laughs> Come on, somebody. How could I just claim such a merciful God in my life and I wouldn't show mercy? My Jesus. He answered his own question. He said, who which one was neighbor, Jesus said in verse 36. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him? He said, he who showed mercy on him. My Lord. He said, go do likewise. See, that, that, that wasn't, listen, you don't dare. You don't dare sit with a Samaritan. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, most of the people that's going to get saved are Samaritans, spiritually speaking. They're coming out from the sins, and they're going to smell like the world. They're going to, they're going to, they, for a while, they're going to act like the world. They're going to do things that are worldly. But I'm going to share something with you. The other day, I preached a funeral, well, last year sometime, and I met a young lady, and she was crying out so much. I would talk to her about Jesus, tears would fill her eyes. You know what I'm saying? I told Boogie, I said, I said, Boogie, you can see a desire for God. You know, she didn't want to talk about religion, but talk about Jesus. And something was stirring in her heart. Until today, I could see, still, still see her face. She wanted God, man. She didn't want, she didn't want customs and things of religion. She wanted, they wanted to know the Jesus. Now, I could have got my Bible. I says, well, and listen, I'm, there's a time for that. Really, I'm not, I'm not, not uh, let me tell you what the law says. And I could have gave her a bunch of dry rules, okay? Nothing wrong with the law. Nothing wrong with the Ten Commandments. It's holy and just. That's not what I'm talking about. But I presented her a living Christ because she saw it in me. She didn't see just religion. And I thank God for I'm not boasting. I, I didn't have time. Listen, people want to be a testimony. Tell people about Jesus. Tell people what Jesus done in your life. How he's forgiven you of your sin and healed your bodies and touched your life. Tell people about that. Most people will open a, a long list of rules and say, this is what you do, 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 this is what you do. I had a guy from Las Vegas. I was talking to him on the phone. He called me for, to give me a loan. I told you that while back. He, he started wanting to borrow me money, but we started talking about Jesus. He said, 
Lanny said, I can't stop doing those sins. I said, no, you can't. Not till Jesus comes part of your life. I started praying with him on the phone. He stopped me. And he didn't want to pray anymore. Because he didn't want to be a hypocrite. But he didn't understand that the power was not in him to be free. Jesus could set him free. You sang that song a while ago. I surrender all. I surrender all unto Jesus, my blessed Savior. I, I said, go to your closet somewhere and talk to Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus. You're never going to overcome till Jesus Christ becomes part of your life. And I talked to him about an hour. And I'll tell you what, we had some good conversation. I don't know what he done. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if he gave his life to Jesus. I was praying with him. He stopped me. He said, I did that about when I was a boy, but nothing ever happened. I said, you didn't give your life to Jesus. And as we were talking, I felt the presence of God deal with his heart. He, he, he said, man, you're telling me some stuff. I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. I want it. I want it. I want it. And, and, and the minute I went halfway, I was praying with him and said, give your life to Jesus. And he stopped me. I don't know what he done, seriously. All I could tell him, go to Jesus. Find your closet. Go by your bed. Find your place where you can make things right with God. Because if you're looking for the answer in a preacher, you can forget it. I said it before, and I'm going to say it a million times over. I'm just the messenger. I'm not the message. We're messengers. We're there to give a testimony of what Jesus has done in our lives. Jesus said, which one you think showed compassion? The one that showed mercy. Which one did the will of God? You know, I, I'm almost finished, but with all this hurricane stuff, I was driving, me and Brother Allen and the Lord and Gene and Boogie, went to Homo. You ever felt suffering? Huh? Something you could go in your room and get a bottle of water or turn your faucet on or put your lights on. They were lined up for miles, man. They were lined up and just to get a, a little bit of water, a little bit of gas. And you know, you felt that. You could feel the, the, the misery. You could feel the suffering. You know, I'm, I'm going to shock you. The job to take care of the hurting is not the government. It's the church. And most of it out there is church, don't it? But God has called us to show compassion. I'm not saying giving somebody a bottle of water is going to save them or not. But they could say, well, these were Christians that gave this water. Let us find a church that could show us that kind of compassion. You don't know. They might never come here. But they'll find a church somewhere. They'll find a place where they realize these are believers of Christ that, that bought this stuff here. And they're going to say, I need to find this Jesus. You don't know. You just don't know. It happened so many times before. Compassion. Compassion. Next time we, we see somebody hurting, if you can do something, please do it. And tell them Jesus loves you. And Jesus can forgive you.
Just don't give them water and walk off. That's not what I'm talking about. I'll give them a plate of food or walk off. There's a lot of people doing that and winning one soul to Christ. But there's a message behind the doing what is right. Message, message behind the compassion. Okay? I want you to say today, from now on, I want relationship. Come on. Nothing grieves me more to watch a bunch of people stand up and proclaim to be righteous just because of what they're wearing. Or just the way they wear their hair. Or just because, you know, what, what group they belong to. God knows the heart, right? I'm not against dressing modest. I'm not against... You can't, you can't be a Christian for very long and not change the way you look. Because I know the Holy Ghost. Hmm? He's going to deal with you. But when we start placing our righteousness on the things we wear, or, or what we look like, or what Bible we're reading, we got some issues. I'm a good old King James Bible man, I'm a, and I like the new King James. But people say, well, I like to read such and such and such. Well, as long as it's a good Bible, we can read it. <laughs> it's word for word. But I'm not going to heaven because I'm reading King James. I'm going to heaven because I know Jesus. It feeds me. It changes me. It teaches me. It draws me. I know it's quiet here this morning, praise God. But it's the truth, okay? I want to ask myself, am I religious or I have a relationship? Religion, religion and, and, and believe me, I'm going to say it again. I said it earlier. It's why I'm talking about man-made religion. I'm talking about what man adds to what God's words. A lot of people are religious and don't care a flip for people. They don't, they don't care who's hungry and who's not hungry. They don't care who's dealing with suffering or not. They don't. Thank you, Father. Let's pray, y'all. Lord, I pray, God, you would help us this morning. I pray for the peace and power of Jesus to be upon us this morning. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Ghost that's present here this morning. And by faith, God, we're going to see your work. We're going to see the power of your work continue. Help us to be compassionate, as Jesus said, to love one another, to help heal the hurting, Lord God, to, be, to look at the broken and try to mend them, Father. Your religion, Father God, is what we need. Your religion, your, 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 your way, your love, your mercy. In Jesus' name. Amen.